You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So this is the first Sunday of a brand new year. It's also Epiphany Sunday. And it's Baptism of the Lord Sunday. There's so many different ways I could go with this message this morning that, quite frankly, uh, I had a hard time deciding what we should talk about in this first Sunday of 2024. Um, If you read the newsletter that Cindy put out, I I had a message in there that that talked about um, what we do after Christmas tide is over. And it started out with this image of our great Dane Max snoozing by the fireplace, which is his favorite spot these days. It's the warmest spot in the house, and, and Max is nothing if not a creature of comfort. He loves the warm fireplace, and so he basks in its warmth, and he does that pretty much all day long. If he's not eating or outside, he's by the fireplace. And as I, I looked at that image a few weeks ago of, of Max basking in the light and warmth of the fireplace, it occurred to me, and I wrote in the newsletter message that, that we're coming out of the Advent Christmas season into the season of Epiphany and everything that Epiphany stands for, which is the revelation of Christ to the world. And we're at a turning point. We come to it every year, and yet sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't. That decision point where we can bask in the warmth and the glow of of the promises kept, the prayers answered, the deliverance being delivered to us. Jesus is here. Hope is here. Love is here. Joy is here. Peace is here. What do we do now? What do we do now with the arrival of the Messiah? How do we respond to Emmanuel, God with us, in this brand new year that's set before us like an open book? We can do whatever we will with it. We have this opportunity as the church, to be vessels of the warmth and the glow of the Christ light. As as we look ahead into this new year, we have an opportunity to illuminate the darkness out there in the world, to radiate warmth into the coldness of the world. And I, I think where we miss it is even if we're aware that that's our responsibility as the church to radiate heat and light into the world, we sometimes miss it 
because we just don't quite know where to begin. It's a little bit overwhelming. It's, it's an elephant that you have to eat one bite at a time. So where do we begin? I've always believed that charity, we don't hear that word a lot in its proper context. Charity is an old English word that simply means love. Charity, love, begins at home. My dad taught me that. My mom taught me that. I believe that is what is intended for us as Christians is to begin that radiating of the heat and light of Jesus Christ, that love of Christ to those closest to us first. Charity begins at home. We begin to illuminate and radiate with those closest to us. Who are those people that are closest to us? Family, friends, church family, certainly. It involves us setting ourselves aside, setting our egos aside, setting the conflicts between us, the disagreements between us as people, setting those things aside and realizing that really it's not all about us. It's not about my hurt feelings. It's not about my disagreements. It's not about me at all. It's about Christ. It's always been about Christ. We like to interject ourselves into the equation a lot. It's not about us. So we set aside our egos and our conflicts and our disagreements and we focus our efforts and our energy on directing the light and the warmth of Christ into those deep relationships that surround us first. And then as the brokenness of our immediate relationships is restored by charity, by love, as it's, as it's healed by Christ's love, we turn our attention then together as the church, we turn our attention on the world's deep need for the light and the heat of Jesus. See, Christ has come. We have to receive him. And then we have to illuminate and we have to radiate. That's our job as the church. As I look at this new year ahead, as I look at the scripture lessons that have been appointed for today, this Sunday, there's a common thread throughout that deals with time. You might say that the lessons for today are timely because they talk about time, not just time in general, but about God's time. Perfect time, the fullness of time, the time when the time is ripe and the purposes and the plans of God are ready to be fulfilled that's what the season of Epiphany is all about. The revelation 
of the plans and purposes of God. The Old Testament lesson this morning talked about the beginning of time when God created the heavens and the earth. And the psalmist this morning spoke about the eternal nature and timeless power of God's glory and sovereign reign over that creation. And the gospel lesson from Mark that Amy read for us talks about the time, the perfect God-ordained time when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. This was the time of the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. The time when Jesus began to fulfill what had been purposed for him. This was the time proclaimed by the prophets. This was the time when he would begin to save his people, as Paul mentions in Galatians 4. Let me read that so you can be reminded of what Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. See, that phrase in, in that first uh, opening verse of, of this passage the fullness of time. It's a phrase that implies that out of all the seconds that are continuously ticking away on the clock, this is the moment that is purposed for the plan of God to unfold. This is the perfect time. This is the perfect place for the intersection of the grace and mercy and love of God to cross the trajectory of our lives as individual Christians and intercept it to redirect it from a path to death and destruction to a path of life and peace and the certainty of hope in Christ. The fullness of time has come. And so there are many things we can do with this time. There's many things we can do with a brand new year. Some of us are resolution makers. We resolve to improve something about us in the coming year. For example, I've resolved this year, for example... To not let the worldview encroach on my life or on my church. That's my resolution for 2024. To not let the worldview impact my life in Christ. Now, I know there'll be challenges. But... You see, I know that I'm secure in my faith in Jesus, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to elevate my thinking above the chaos and the struggle of the world, and I want to focus my eyes on Jesus, the resurrected Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, that Jesus. I want to look for the Christ view in all things 
instead of the worldview. I want to know Christ more fully, and I want to make him known more fully to others. It's a brand new year. It's like a brand new journal. I love journals. You ever go into a Barnes and Noble? I know. Usually when you want something to read, you go to Amazon, right? It's not the same. There's something about ink and paper. And if it's a journal, you wrap that ink and paper in leather. That screams opportunity. It's a brand new journal this new year that you pick up in a Barnes and Noble. It's a perfect new book in which you get to write your story, isn't it? You go into a bookstore and you go to the journal section. And you find that leather-bound journal, the one with the leather straps that you wrap around and to keep them closed. It's not really security. Don't think of it as a security measure. It's a tangible representation of opportunity. Something about unwrapping those leather straps and opening the journal has a sense of purpose to it. As if you're unwrapping those bindings and the content that you're about to write on those fresh new pages takes on meaning and significance. And then when you open it for the first time, you don't simply begin to write on those new pages, do you? No. You leaf through each empty page and you imagine all the thoughts yet to come. All the ideas and the experiences yet to enter your head or your experience. The only person that's been there already is God himself. God's going before you and he knows what you're going to write even before you do. He has a purpose for you. If you seek his face, He'll reveal that to you and then you get to experience it and you get to write it down in this journal. The end of the year, December 31st, 2024, before we click over into 2025, you can thumb through your journal and see where God has led you and taken you and walked with you and been with you for an entire 365 days. A new year is like that journal. With all the days like empty pages on which you get to write your story, what will you write in your journal of 2024? How will you fill your days? With all this talk of the fullness of time, You have to realize that as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's time. It's your time. Now is your time. 
As a believer in Christ, you are the church which was established by Jesus in the fullness of time to bring the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world so that none should perish and all would have the opportunity to be saved. Your purpose is to fulfill the mandate of Jesus Christ and to go out into the world sharing your story as a Christ follower and sharing the love of Christ, making disciples of Jesus for the transformation of the world. This is the time to be the church. And so your petty disagreements and your ego means Nothing in the grand scheme of God's purpose in your life. Put it aside. Put it aside and get on with the business of the church. It is your time to be the church. This is your year. This is the year to bring this community into the saving grace of God. This is the year that this body of Christ becomes the intersection where the grace and mercy of God collides with the fallen, broken lives of the people in this community that need Jesus and they need him now before he comes and it's too late 2024, church, this is time. And you might be thinking, but pastor, what if I haven't gotten all my faith ducks in a row yet? You know, there's that saying, I don't know where all my ducks are. They certainly aren't in a row, and I think some of them might be pigeons. What if down in my heart, pastor, I'm still on the fence. I'm still unsure of this whole Jesus thing and my purpose in it. What if I can't get over my stumbling blocks, my ego, my personal struggles with other people? What if I can't do that? What if I'm not ready for that? What does the fullness of time have to do with me? What does the new year have for me? What if I look at the empty journal of days ahead of me and I have no expectations that this year will be any better, will be any different, will be anything more for me than all of the journal entries I have made in all the journals of my life up until now? Oh. Listen to what Luke wrote in Acts 19, 1 through 7, where he talks about Paul's missionary journey into Ephesus. He writes, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, into what then were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. See, Paul went to Ephesus and he found seekers. People looking for the face of God that had not yet found it. They realized there, that there was something was not whole within them, that something was not complete in their lives. But they didn't even know enough to know what it was that they were missing. I think a lot of professing Christians are at that point in their faith walk. They've heard about the one who was to come from John the Baptist and even go so far as to be baptized as a sign of repentance from their old way of life. But they haven't gone as far as accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so that they can be fully transformed and receive the Holy Spirit of God into themselves, into their lives and become sanctified. Holy, entirely sanctified. In other words, people have been told about Jesus. They had decided that there was something to attending church and being part of a church. There was something to this Christianity thing, but they had not fully committed themselves to the Lord as a full-on Christ follower. They'd not gotten off the fence, as it were, to engage in full-on discipleship, Bible study, ministry in the community, a full commitment to Christ as sovereign in their lives. They're so busy clinging to the conflicts and the struggles and the petty disagreements. They're, they refuse to look past them. They want to hang on to those until I'm ready. God's ready now. As I said, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. If that in any way sounds like where you're at, then I say to you this morning, it's 2024. Your time is now. Commit to Christ with your whole being. Write a new story into the blank pages of your journal this year. Make this be the year you fully engage in Christ. Make this be the year of the joyous collision of your life, where in this intersection that we call First Methodist Church Splendora, this intersection and collision with the mercy and grace of God comes together and brings about the purpose and plan that God has for you as the church, the purpose and plan that God has for you as an individual Christian. Now is your time. You dare not tarry one second longer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. 
And until then, may God bless you and keep you.